tonight it is Nicole. Hello. And Mama Katie. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are doing a host pick episode. Quick reminder for those who haven't heard a host pick episode before. Usually we review a regular theatrical movie release, a traditional narrative film. But on the host picks, uh, one of the co-hosts here picks something for the others to watch. And it could be a regular movie, it could be a documentary, TV show, episode, short films, whatever they pick. It just has to be streaming somewhere and around movie length or less. So... This time around, it was Nicole. What did you have us watch, Nicole? Um, I stuck with the traditional movie route nice. this time. Because what I wanted to watch is actually not available yet. So I had to watch it. We had to watch a movie. But uh, I picked Black the Swan. Oh, Black Swan. Yeah, I picked. I hope you watched Black Swan. I, I picked Black Swan <laughs> for my host pick this time. <laughs> Well, like the the Disney one, right? The one, the the animated one. Uh, sure. Let's see how they let's see how they line up. (laughs) No, we're doing, of course, Black Swan, the Darren Aronofsky film from 2010. Uh, and that stars Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Vincent Cassell, and Winona Ryder, among others. Uh, and this is what Black Swan is about. Black Swan is a psychological thriller set in the world of New York City ballet. Featured dancer Nina finds herself locked in a web of competitive intrigue with a new rival at the company. We've done one Darren Aronofsky movie before. We did Requiem for a Dream, I think, last year at one point. Uh, I've seen like uh, a little over half his movies. I think they're all pretty good. I had seen this once before. Uh, Nicole, you picked this. this. This was your first time, right? Yeah, I never saw this before, and uh, it's always something that people bring up when they talk about, um, you know, really well shot movies and everything. I've always heard that this comes out comes up, so um, I was interested to see this for a while. Um, okay, had you seen this one before? Uh, yeah, I have seen this one before. I thought we did another Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, no. No, what else would we have done? Something about a guy. We didn't do the fighter, right? We didn't um, do the fighter, the wrestler, not the fighter. The fighter oh, sorry, a, that's a totally a, different uh, thing. Yeah, um, yes. I can't think of the one. It's it was. I thought it was recently something. Really, whatever. Um, yes, I have seen this white boy Rick. No, white boy Rick is not a Darren Aronofsky movie. Oh, he's a producer on it. That's what it was. I was looking at his uh, credits. So, um, but we did White Boy, White Boy Rick, right? No, we also did not do that movie. So what the hell? Weird. Okay. No, not. Correct. Hi, I'm Mama K. I'm gonna start over. This is not a Disney movie. Uh, this is uh, our second. You know what? You might have seen, by the way, a 1991 episode of Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> no, that's a short film. That's a short film he did. I don't think it was actually. Oh. Uh, the- <laughs> Supermarket sweep. Just fucking get rid of all of this that we just said. Just fucking. No, this is it. this is great. I love it. Also, everything's maybe. a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> maybe next time we'll actually just review the show. So okay, have you seen Black Swan before? I have seen Black Swan before. Uh, back uh, back in the day, but I'm thinking that I must have seen it on television because um, on the rewatch that's. It's a little different and not, not different, but there's, you know, there's more things to it that I didn't, uh, that I had to sort of infer the last time I watched it. So, um, yeah. So I was aware. Yeah, see, I, 
Actually, same. I, I the only time I've seen this before was on TV like several years ago. So I remembered oh, a couple of you the guys important... didn't even see half of the shit then. Apparently not. Prob- I think that is true because I remember I remember probably like when I was watching this like around fifty to sixty percent of this, but there was a lot of stuff in here I did not remember. So it was uh, it was quite the refresher. Yeah. Um, so uh, if we if you haven't seen uh, Black Swan, it is on Hulu right now. So go check it out if you have any interest, because the rest of this will involve spoilers. And since it's the host pick, uh, Nicole, you kick us off. What did you think of it, and what do you want to start with? Okay. Uh, so I didn't really know what I was gonna, you know, be watching. I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was some sort of like a thriller, like. But, like, two women battling each other, but, of course, everything always has to be, like, through uh, simile and, and or metaphor, rather. <laughs> Excuse me. My metaphor. Yeah. yeah. My brain's not working right now. Um, yeah, he doesn't do uh, straight-up movies. He yeah. generally has uh, uh, some sort of uh, psychological twisty thing. Yeah, on. but actually, to my surprise, I don't know if you guys, well, obviously you've seen this before, but... Just recognizing actually how in your face the symbolism is in this was kind of surprising to me. Like, Brendan and I, we said many times one of our favorite movies is Mother. It's like our, our movie that we mm. enjoy together. Yeah. And that has some serious messaging throughout it that feel like it's very multi-layered. And then you watch something like this that was prior to Mother. And I feel like it wasn't as dimensional it's pretty clear to me the the message he's putting across for each character and this the story as a whole. So I guess that's kind of the first thing I wanted to touch base with you guys about is, did you feel like this was something that is truly the thinker type of movie that Aronofsky makes? Or do you think it was a little bit more... Um, non-subtle and it's pretty obvious what kind of character traits we're working with here you want to go on okay yeah i i think i think it's layered but only um only because i remember when this did come out there was a there was a lot of buzz about it and obviously it's an oscar nominated and oscar winning performance by natalie portman um movie and I just remember there was a lot of talk about a lot of things. So when I went in to watch it this time, I still had that stuff sort of in my brain. And I don't know whether it was things that I, over after 10 years, whether it's something I've built up more or whatever. But um, there, there was talk around this movie that, like, the whole thing is in her head. Like, most of the movie is in her head. And including whether or not she, at, whether or not her mother is actually alive. Whether she actually lives in this apartment with her mother or whether that's all sort of just her psyche or something yeah or yeah or pat you know sort of she's laying in her hospital room right yeah exactly we don't yeah exactly um is she the winona Ryder character maybe i don't know so i think i i think with this film you can look at it on the surface and and you're right it can really sort of be a surface watch where you're like okay so this isn't going to be a battle between you know Mila Kunis's character and Natalie Portman's character it's gonna and it's not really even a battle between the white swan and the black swan it's just Natalie Portman's battle her just Nina's uh, battle with herself and I think 
even some people might not even go that deep with it, you know, cause they might just, I don't know what they watched if they, if that was their thinking, but, mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there are some, there are some other underlying things that are just kind of, that are just really weird and sort of leave you questioning about a lot of things. And the one thing that is obvious is that her, you know, mental capacity has dwindled. Um, uh, but we don't, it's unsatisfying for me that we don't get to really delve into the reasoning behind that. Besides the fact that she's obviously a perfectionist and mm -hmm. her mother, whether she's alive or dead has expected this perfectionism and that's just how she's lived her life. And that's sort of the life of uh, women in ballet in general. So um, yeah, that's my first thought is I brought a lot of baggage into this movie that I was still trying to unpack. So mm -hmm. um, I'm eager to, to know what Britain's take is on it. I remember this being my least favorite of the ones that I've seen him do. Uh, to be fair, I haven't seen two of what he is considered his worst movies, which is Noah and The Fountain. But I've seen all the others, and I love all the others, and except for this one. I don't love this one. I still like it, is what I remembered going in. Uh, and then watching it again, I'm very with Nicole on... It's a lot more heavy-handed than his other ones that have... Because they all, they all got a psychological thing going on. Even his, like, first... Even his like first movie before Re Requiem Pie, which is like a s ultra low budget black and white like sixty thousand dollar movie, and like that's got that's all about Fibonacci sequences, and it's got the same kind of you know big heady stuff going on at the end. Even that works better than some of the stuff in here. I do warm up to this as it goes. Like by the end, I I, I love the third act of this. I, I like all when it, when it goes completely off the rails. Batshit reminds me of Mother because that's also my favorite part of Mother. Um, but it's too uh, it's it's too obvious from the moment we meet the other women characters what's going to happen, and it pretty much does go that way. It's still nice to see it happen because. Once, like, what when we see when I, the Winona Ryder character at the end, and we see how she sees the Lily character th throughout the end, but the the setup is pretty obvious, and it doesn't feel there's just there's doesn't feel like there's more going on, unlike all of the other things I've seen. Except the wrestler is pretty straightforward. That's his. Most I was going to say, yeah, I like I, that. I would feel like this and the wrestler would be more like on the same path. You know, like they would. Well, be he more he considers this his companion piece to the wrestler, which I, I mean, I think the wrestler is really great, but it's also his only straightforward movie. Like I don't, there's not really I a lot in the wrestler. That's, that's really, that's a really good straight up movie. It's a little slow for some people, but it's very similar where this is all about a ballet performer. That's all about a professional wrestler. Right. And it's, it, it gets real. What he does really good is he gets real gritty into all of the things that are happening. Like I'm always clenching my fists and teeth when watching an Aronofsky movie, because there's always something real skin pulley, jabby, <laughs> bloody, but like, it's never, it's, it's, it's always, it's, it's more, I do it more so with his movies than any horror movies or slasher movies I ever see. He just really gets like, like with the clip and the nails, like yeah. that's all visual and sound kind of stuff. But what I call, yeah, but uh, your original thing, it is obvious by the end what's going on here. And I don't think it's much deeper than that. I, I, I'm surprised the critics love this one and don't as much are, are more mixed on mother. Cause I think mother is a better version of this. I think hmm. maybe it has to do with the, when, when you start to, you know, understand what it is, perhaps the subject matter, I think it's a lot easier for audiences to connect to this one. I mean, this has what seems to be a more realistic 
storyline than mother does i mean who really knows a couple that buys this extravagant house in the middle of nowhere and he's a millionaire writer and blah 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 blah. like that doesn't feel as connected well, yeah mother's pure as, allegory this yeah, is actually a story this could actually be okay there is this woman fighting for the top spot in the ballet like that makes sense to me but um before we actually talk about the story itself there's another part of this that kind of goes into what we just spoke about and mama k touched on it a little bit and um it's clear that one of the themes of this movie is uh mental illness in some way whether it's um ocd or um narcissism or whatever you can you know you know pinpoint in these characters I, i've never done research on on the effects that something as grueling as a, being a, a professional ballerina is but i've heard stories of and just read like her, heard of articles of just like the intensity that these people go through and how it's one of the most demanding things on your body and on your mind to do and this seems like a pretty legitimately valid thing that could happen how how obviously we won't know how do you think that like people in dance and people in the ballet people in new york in these hot spots feel about this movie do you think that they think it's accurate (laughs) I think it's flattering to them in that how hard it, it how it shows how hard it is to uh, how hard it is to work and like I'm I'm more I can answer a little more closely for the uh, for the wrestler because I know a lot about professional wrestling and a lot of professional wrestlers like that movie for the most part it has very few detractors it has a couple but a lot of people really like that because of how it shows like how the when you're in like when you used to be a star and now you're slumming it in middle school gyms but you still have mm. to put in that you still have to put in that same dedication in those like sad little locker rooms and mm-hmm. uh and, and this has some of that too and I, I one of the first scenes that i noticed it was um when they every time they they're getting ready they open a brand new pack of ballet shoes rip all the shit out scuff it all up to make it like the way they like it like i know that, that that's a lot of uh a lot of athletes do that for a lot of different sports mm-hmm. so it makes it I, when he do, when he does stuff like that, it fa- it seems very realistic to me. By the time we get to you know the the crazy unwinding ending, I, that's more movie making stuff. But it 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 feels pretty legitimate until then. Of course, I've never done a ballet, so I cannot say for <laughs> with authority. But uh, I, I think he, I think he does a good I think he does a good job in this and and the wrestler especially of capturing the feeling. But again, I don't, I don't do it. Yeah, I haven't seen The Wrestler, and I think I would like to see that now as a companion piece to this, just because uh, when I see something like this, I look at it through the eyes of a woman in this business. I mean, it seems like um, when you're talking about mental health and things like that, we don't really hear about male uh, ballet dancers having to go, having to have Mm -hmm. such a grueling just existence. You know, her, when she was sitting there and, and they've, you know, he doesn't really focus on anything a lot, but he puts a lot of, uh, Aronofsky puts a lot of detail that you can just, you can really watch over and over again and just get something different every time. And she's sitting there with her quote unquote mom, which I'm still not sure she exists, um, eating half a grapefruit and a boiled egg. And it's sort of like, this woman is a supreme athlete. How is it possible that she can live and perform on half a grapefruit and a boiled Mm -hmm. egg? You know, um, but I think that that for for like 
gymnasts, for ballerinas, for people, for women. I mean, there's just this super unnatural thing. Like I read that, you know, everybody who was involved lost, well, everyone, Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman lost 20 pounds each to play these roles. Pretty sure uh, Natalie Portman's husband from who, who became her husband in that movie didn't lose 20 pounds to play his ballet part. So, right. um, I think that there's a sure there's a narcissistic piece to it because everything has to be about you because everything has to be just so and measured and uh, the scale of the fact that you have to have um, things done a certain way at a certain you know it's just so demanding it's like any professional sports Mm -hmm. athlete but a lot of time athletes have seasons and you know you can kind of have a downtime and I don't get the feeling that it's like that for first of all it's generally not like that for women um, and it's definitely not like that for people that are that have to maintain this specific body type Um, absolutely so I think it's really I think you have to be I think you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to be like this and her mom who wound up only being in the court of ballet clearly either didn't have you know there's talent that's part of it but then there's also just this regimen that you have to be uh uh, you just have to do the grind and I think of all the things in this movie that stuck out to me the most you know we could we could talk about the realism and all you know till we're blue in the face but like one thing that really sticks out to me that he decided to do was keep a very real approach to the lifestyle of the ballet and when the the mom has probably been on this same feeling for her whole life too if she's alive which i will ask you about that's very interesting um (laughs) but you know the the cake scene i don't want a piece of cake right now fucking throw the whole thing away then this is no one's gonna eat this right Um, you got she got measured for her costume and she's like wow you put on weight and she's like take off that take off your shawl we can't have that extra centimeter of fabric on the shawl like those things are just so consuming of you and i I really appreciate that he put those things in here because that's what made it feel the most realistic of, of all of this yeah like the rest of the movie so you know i thought it was, it was, it was a perfectionism there's a perfectionism streak in this whole thing too she literally ends the yes. film as she's in the final scene, she says, perfect. Like, or I, I got there or I experienced oh, it sure. or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's all about it. So, yeah, that that's, I, I saw that too in the measuring scene. So, like, that one point, she was like, oh, you gained weight here, you lost weight here. And then she does, like, the shoulders. She's like, hmm, okay, good. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, like, right. it's, I'm like, it's like, like you ah, have in, like, you have any, uh, any, you know, decision whatsoever about, like, the size between your shoulder blades. Like, right. that's not. <laughs> that's not something you can determine your body. She's also constantly throwing that. up from either nerves or bulimia. Like she's got something, yeah. she's always in the bathroom throwing right. up. So right. that, you know, there's, there's that too. I, but I like the, uh, when, when it starts, cause like for a while it feels, there's even some parts that are kind of silly. Sometimes he gets a little silly with his, with some of his stuff. Um, sometimes the Vincent Cassell stuff doesn't always, uh, doesn't always feel as serious or uh, or it's supposed to be serious, but it comes it doesn't come off that way. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it works a little better. Um, but the once once I get the parts that I remember from this movie the most and the, the scene that a lot of people remember is the club scene when the when they she goes out with her with well, goes out, we don't really know, and takes <laughs> the ecstasy with right. with uh, Lily and I, I love how 
I, I was just gonna say before we go in i don't mean to cut you off but before we get into all this stuff i think there's a big lingering thing that we keep saying which is if it happened and if she was there if 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 yeah. i i don't think i ever got the feeling that she was like either in some rehab like drugged out to the max so that she could recover or if she was really just had these internal demons of her dead mom and abuser of a coach and blah 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 like i don't think i ever got that but it sounds like both of you might have a little bit of feeling that what she what we're seeing didn't happen so is that something that like either in passing or in research you're getting that people think this this is not real some of what we're seeing i i mean i take from the movie definitely didn't happen like they did go out clubbing but when she came home the uh lily did not stay with her because that little board that she puts up to keep her mom out was still engaged and but lily was gone so you can't explain that away that's like a, oh i thought that the board was was not there anymore i didn't see her move it and i thought that oh. lily was lying because she wanted the part that she just snuck out so that the girl would oversleep i don't feel like lily was ever lying so I feel interesting like lily was just yeah. No, I, like- I, I disagree with you, okay. I think Lily was lying a lot of the parts and you contributing do? to her paranoia. Yes. Yes, oh, I don't. I think she saw it as that. I mean, some of the some- no, because I would agree with you, and I and it's also one of the most frustrating parts of. Th- it's one of the most frustrating parts throughout the whole thing for me is the Lily character should be played, if if that's the case, like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. It should be that. But it's not. But it's not. Other people see her and interact with her and speak with her, and it's not like she's only she's only there to to shadow Nina's actions. It's almost like that, but it's not enough. Where like the mom doesn't ever interact with Lily, really. But ever, but like the coach does. The other people, the other the other uh, dancers do. Lily's there oh, all I'm the not- time. I'm not saying that Lily's not there. I'm saying Lily did not spend the night with her. And Lily, because... No, that's... Yeah, maybe maybe not the night. But other than that, other than that, I feel like she is is edging towards her her position. Well, no, I think that she... I think that she's there. And I think... But I think that when we see... When we see Lily, um, like, in a regular... When we see Lily interacting with other people, she's kind of normal. But you'll notice there's like a shift in how he how he shows whenever it's sort of from uh, when it's from Nina's point of view about what's going on with Lily. There's a shift in how that's filmed. And that's when I think that it's her thinking that this girl's come because she just did the same thing. to why not? I mean, uh, inadvertently. And it happens all the time. But, you know, the old old guard is out. New guard is in. And she just did the same thing to um Winona Ryder's character. So she has it in her mind and she's like, she knows in her mind right and wrong. She knows that that's not exactly landing on the right side. It's not really wrong, but it's just how it is. But she feels guilty about it. And so because of that, she sees this other person like coming right up behind her, right up her butt, ready to take her place. Um, She even sees her. I'm pretty sure that that's Lily in the beginning um, in the subway. Yes. When yep. she sees her reflection and she looks at it as herself and yes. that's just her total like um that's when like the narcissism starts of from her. Like I'm the Nina best. Is the perfect I, white Yeah. Is is the perfect white swan and she right. sees Lily as the perfect black, black swan. swan. How do I yeah. embody yeah. that? Right. Hmm. So 
I, I agree I think... more than we think, but I I I think there's <laughs> I, I think there's more. I think I don't think Lily in the the real quote world is as altruistic as uh, as maybe Mama K thinks. I think she is. I don't I don't I think she's gunning gunning for her, and I get I get that not just in the scenes where they're. But what do you think? What do you think about the scene later on? After the fact of the club and and after the undetermined Lily stay or not, and she over oversleeps and when she gets there to perform, Lily's staying there in in the dress uh, and she's like, "No, I'm supposed to be it. You told me I am. Do you think that that's that really happened, or do you think that Nina at this point is so just whacked out of her, of her mind that she's just putting these words out into into her head?" My initial reaction is I think that that's happening. But as you're saying it, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that is something else that she uh, just sort of puts out there for this character, for Lily's character. I mean, Because now she's created this total, totally different Lily character now that it's um, now that the show is on. And obviously we get far, we get into the um, stabbing scene. We think that she stabbed Lily. We notice, you know, she mm-hmm. didn't do that. And is she just now building Lily up to be this ultra an- uh, antagonist for herself when Lily's probably five rooms away, not even near it. But where does, when does that stop and start? I think, well, I think the, these are the times I think Lily is not there. Lily's not there when they come home to the house after the club. She's at the club and then they, and then they leave. And then right. Lily's not there when they come home. There's a cut right. from the cab where they, where she's going to, she's going to touch her. And then they kind of had a dissonant look and they both look back out there. So now you windows. think Lily's then, not there. You just changed your mind. No, Lily's there. No, Lily's, Lily's there, there all the, the way, th- all the way to the cab yeah. in the cab. And then from the cab, we cut to them coming home laughing that's mm-hmm. there now. She's not there anymore. Lily's right. no longer there. So that's one place Lily is, and the only other place I think Lily isn't is when she stabs her. Because right. obviously, in you know, we're spoilers. She, I is, think she stabs herself. Yeah, I think she's also not. I, she's not with uh, the the director. What is his name? Vincent Cassell. Oh I yeah. I think she's also not fucking him in the side wing. <laughs> I think that's not happening either. So oh, uh, when he's wearing the big costume. Yeah. Well, before well, no, he's, not, that... he's not wearing the costume in the beginning, and then all of a sudden he is wearing the costume. So you can take that as part of it's real, part of it's not. I think none of it's real. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think that's real. But I don't think that was. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really think about it. that's it. What do sure. you think about okay, that part, fine. Nicole? Um, I definitely don't think they were doing it. Anytime that, oh, okay. anytime that Lily is obviously glaring at Nina like menacingly, I think it's all in Nina's head. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way that, that Lily is standing there being like, look at what I have that you don't have. I think that's totally her. Is she is she schizophrenic? Is that what we're calling call it? That she sees Lily doing these things? I don't know. But I agree. None of those things really make sense of why she, Lily would be doing that. She could literally just be hangry. She could be grapefruit. That's the moral. Should eat yeah, more don't get hangry. <laughs> My whole thing, she so needed a Li- Snickers. <laughs> Lily's, a, Lily's a little more ambiguous. What, all right, so what about there's the two other women? Winona Ryder, what about her? When is she there, when is she not? I think she's always there. Yeah, except I think when she's... She, like, except in like the weird sequence where she's like screaming in the hallway. Stabbing her face. Obvi- obvi- oh, I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sure that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's not stabbing her face. 
I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sold. I understand where you're coming from, but like, I'm not totally sold. Uh, uh, I'm also not totally sold. Oh, <laughs> I think she might have. I think she might have. Might... This is exactly <laughs> what Darren Aronofsky wanted us to do. Yeah, yeah, when I said it was as yeah. cut and dry as I said in the beginning, it's not I was, cut and dry. It's I'm not. You. Oh, it's not cut and dry it's at not. all. Except, well, but okay. So, we, all right. So that that one's a little easier to parse out. The only one one we disagree is the stabbing face, possibly. Yeah. But the mom character, I completely disagree with. All okay, I can't think of one scene where she isn't really there. Well, I, I don't know, and and that's the thing. Is I like, think she is that crazy and like militant with her daughter. That's the thing is that when I know this is in my brain for a reason. This is not something that like I made up because I don't like to create drama in movies that already have enough drama for me to try to, you know, pick out. Just like Nicole's, like I don't want to have to pick everything out. Sometimes I just want to watch a movie. Um, so <laughs> this is this, and if she I, picks this. <laughs> and then she's like, and then, let's talk about something that's not gonna. When you can have- pick anything in the world on the uh, the five streaming apps and Listen, there's thousands of movies and TV shows, it's a good chick pick. I I'm I'm happy. Yeah, she she's it. challenging herself. I mean, f- listeners gotta love that. So it's true. Um, but I think that it's just um, not. I don't know. It's yeah. All right, I'm, so you think I'm defend your mom, mom for a while though you were like I don't think I don't know if the mother's there at all I think she might have been dead the whole time like no the mother is the most real of the women characters well that's why that that's why I her. was that's why I was watching her the scenes with her so closely this time um, because I was like trying to figure out is there a moment where somebody would pick out you know ten years ago when this was released and then fixate on it and then make the argument for the fact that she wasn't there the whole time. Um, and I couldn't really come up with a, I couldn't really come up with a thing except for like she, you know, at the very end, she's Nina is slamming her mom's hands into doors. And yet she shows up in the audience, just sitting there like so proud of her. I'm not really sure. (laughs) I don't, I don't know how that really goes together. And I just feel like she's a dissonant character compared to the rest of them. She just feels, she feels like she like, like she is Nina, like she's a little piece of Nina and that, that, that is how she gets that part because she is so quote white swanish during the whole movie that this is her black swan part. Like this is the part that she sort of delves into to come to that piece. And also, also her mental illness that helps. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I do feel like, I feel less like that after watching it the second time because I do feel like she's probably there but think about the movie without her what is different no the the thing about that is there's there's a lot of valid things that you just said like why would the mother make her oversleep and then somehow show up to the play in the middle of the audience and it doesn't make sense that way like that to me seems like she's picturing her mother there I imagine that whatever is going on in Nina's head is the exact same thing that her mother went through because her mom was probably in the ballet and probably lived there with her, you know, at some point and became this over obsessed person about perfectionism and started drawing these pictures of herself. And her mom probably had these these things going on, too. Did her mom draw the pictures or did she draw the pictures of her mom? Right, right. I can totally see where you could, (laughs) where you could think that that woman is not alive anymore. I can 100% visualize that. But the thing that makes me believe that she is alive still is 
there's just all these little things that are sprinkled through this like when they're putting the shoes on in the one scene it looks like an in-home studio or something i don't know where they are yeah yeah um but the mom's talking to somebody else and um then she's sitting there while she's putting the shoes on and they're chit-chatting about something and i i just feel like there's the mom is is there it's hard for me to, to say that she wouldn't be not only is she not there, I think she her interactions inform the character of Nina. She she makes us understand why Nina's the way she is because that's the type of like why is Nina perfectionist? Why is she breaking with her re- reality? Because this is the type of mom that would raise a daughter like that. It it's if one who it's it's like the former the former almost pro couldn't quite make it athlete so they force it really hard on their kid and she, you know, she's mood swingy as hell with the with the cake and she and when the uh, nina develops that uh her ocd-ness about this her nails and her skin and picking at stuff and so she she's very force like forceful and like i'll take take your shirt off right now like show me you gotta sh-. and then she starts trimming the nails and she's bleeding all that's happening all of that's for real i think the mom is like super the mom's more i think the mom at times is more fucking crazy than nina and i think that informs us of Nina's character and why she's the way she is is because her mom's also like this and the screaming pa- all those pictures she's always drawing they're all like miserable sad portraits of and then we see it when the she comes home and they're all screaming at her the mom's the one painting all that the mom's crying alone in her studio she's absolutely miserable at the failure she is and at how her daughter is now falling apart when she gets this big opportunity and she's also jealous of her the the the, the mom character is informs us of nina I, I think she's always there i think the mom character does do that but the more I'm listening to and hearing what people you guys are saying, the more I'm convinced that she is not there. And that's just how he is choosing to show us how, how Nina was sculpted to become this person though. I don't, but I don't think the mom is there anymore. So what do you think? So <laughs> what is Nina doing when she gets home? At, like, I don't like, you think that's she's, she's, I don't think she's crazy from the start. I, I think she like, is. I think she, I think she totally is. And I think she's devolving in, like she has to maintain a certain, you know, normalcy when she's around other people. And if you're as batshit crazy as it seems like she is, then she has all that time when she gets, that's what happens when she gets home is that all of that comes out and it comes out and he shows us where that came from. And part of why the reason she is just the way she is by having this mother character there. She's this just not feel, there's, there's nothing there's, to indicate that she's not there though. I just don't there see is for me, she's and not there. Maybe it's the only thing that's keeping me this way is that I see such a dissonance between the, the, both those characters, like when they're in the same room together, there's, they don't even feel like they're in the same room together. It's like, I can't explain it. And maybe it's just the way that he filmed it. And he did such a good job trying to like fuck with my mind for this. But I feel like there's just no like the cake scene is the only scene I think of where I feel like there there might be some like give and take back and forth real time. That's the only scene that feels we forget that way about to me. We, f- we forget about quiet moments though where they're not where they're not it's not a batshit fight. There are there are scenes where they're just where she's just practicing and her mom's there. Okay, but like, yeah, that but could totally be just her looking it, at her. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly yeah, it could be, what but I you feel could say- like. 
Okay, so well, that's a feeling. Put, it's just a feeling. I can't, I can't explain it because what you're saying makes 100 percent sense. I really feel starting. I'm really starting to be swayed towards Mama K's direction <laughs> because, because yes. if you think about this, like, okay, if you were Nina, you watched the demise of your mother's personality and and life when she didn't make it big. She became depressed. She was. Also, in the whole situation of keeping her body maintained and vomiting and all this stuff, she saw her mom do the same thing growing up. Now she's in that same predicament and she's screaming for her mother to come help her. But her mom's not there anymore because she either committed suicide or got right. ill or something. And now ma- the only way that Nina saw her mother growing up was depressed and sad. Maybe Nina painted those fucking pictures of her yes. sad mom. and. Yes. She is just reaching for her mom. She's calling out, "Mommy, mommy!" I think you all guys the time. Are I think that's the reaching that's going. <laughs> Where on is here. the I don't mom? Think, I think this is oh, wild. Man. I, no, I feel no. it. I feel it. This is no. like we. This is when we could really use another, you know, another voice of uh, that that really is. A that's why she Darren, saw mom Darren in in the fan. audience because mom's exactly. not there. If Jess were here, she'd be on my side. I'm just saying, she's not gonna, she's not falling for this. No, I'm talking is, about you need to have somebody who like who's a, a Aronofsky, you know, aficionados telling us what's happening here. Because I mean, not. I'm just saying, I've seen the most of his works, so I don't know. I'm just saying, we don't bow down to you. We Whoever, have whoever's closest, it's me. <laughs> no, well, yeah, okay, but right, so let's all right, real quick then. Let's put each other's. Let's if. Let's take each other's theories as correct, and how would we feel about it? If if the mom is never there, and the Lily and uh, and Beth characters are there less than I believe they are, like if it's more in her mind, I think this is worse, and I think it fails on convincing me of that. And I don't think it's as good, and I think it's it's more. It feels um, it doesn't it doesn't feel as convincing then. Because then it then it, it then it feels like it's trying to to be f- like a like a sneaky Fight Club kind of reveal, and it's and I don't take it as that. But we can go either way like with it in the sense that it's not hurting or helping the film in any way. I feel the same way if she was alive or dead about it. No, I think well, I, if, for me it does make a difference. I think I I think it does it does feel not as good if if it's like and they weren't there the whole time because then i'm like i don't like well then really what are you what, what's the whole thing here like she's this whole thing's in her head i don't know i, do I don't you feel like, like it's much. do you feel like if that were the case then he would be cheating by telling by revealing it's a big nina's it's a character big cheat. yeah I, I know because they I know all that because the characters interact with each other. They all interact. We, like, there's no doubt the Tomas character is real, right? We can all agree he's there. <laughs> he's he's a real I person. I think all the characters are real except for the mom. Okay, but I don't but, think but, all the but I don't think all the interactions that were believe were meant to believe happened between Lily and Nina happen. I yeah, don't and we agree that. there, but but we disagree on the extent. It sounds like you think there are more where they don't interact, or they where it's in her head, and I think there are less. Yeah. So, yeah. but but. If if it's more in if if everything's more in her head, then that makes it harder for the movie's internal logic to stay up because so I do see her every once in a while at scenes with other characters, and I don't think her character is as strong if she's never there. So I, put it put, where where do we see her in scenes with other characters except for answering the door when Mila Kunis comes? Uh, we see uh. And then in the audience, I and then guess. she's in the audience at the end. Well, that looks fake as hell. I mean, can we? Nicole's on board with me on this. That absolutely. She, looks like, she tried right, so, to make so, so, so flip it then. If, if 
if if I if if I had if you had my interpretation, then what do you think of the movie? If you take if you take a closer closer look at what I, or a closer feeling of what I would what I'm saying, do you think it's better, worse, or the same? If you're saying that her character is there all the time and all of that, it's more. I'm taking that. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but more, um, more closer to what I'm saying. I actually don't think... I mean, I see what you're saying. I think you think he's cheating by doing this. I think he is doing exactly what we're doing right now, is he is engaging audience participation in in this kind of talk about this kind of thing. Like, he because he didn't tell us directly or give us any real firm indicators in one way or another then it sparks debate. And I think that it's successful because of that. Uh, whether or not that makes the movie more successful, I'm not sure. But we did need to have background on Nina because she's, there's, there's, I mean, I don't know that there's character development in this. I think she starts off just as batshit crazy in the beginning as she is at the end. We just see the devolution of it where it comes out, you know, to the ending that happens, and the ending has to happen because it's the Black Swan. She does arc, though. You can't say she doesn't arc because she wasn't. She was no Black Swan at the beginning, and she becomes Black Swan at the end. Like she's able, or she's I able to transform. She's able to tap. Yeah, she's able to tap into that. Yes. I think that we see that crazy before because of the character interaction, or la- or whatever. Whether they're actual characters or whether it's just her psyche, um, but I think it's all there. But at at the end, we see why she's able to finally do that and you know, tap into that and become Black Swan. So uh, that's a good reason to give her a, an Oscar for this, I think. I'm not really sure what else she was up against. I don't know if that's going to be part of what you want to talk about, Nicole, but uh, that's an interesting talking point, maybe. So. I was just going to say, I feel like I, I obviously was already swayed into one way or another halfway through this discussion, which is interesting because feel like we're yeah you started off saying that all of it was real like (laughs) okay i think that we're perfectly falling in line to what someone with this type of mental illness fucking sees every day so i that's what i'm saying right into the character it's exactly what it is it's not better worse or nothing it's this is what's happening to someone with with these demons in their head this is exactly what they're seeing is it real is it not how long have i been here how, what did I just take at that club? What did I do here? That the other thing. Like we're fitting right into what this movie is supposed to be. So it's a little worse. I don't think either one of us are wrong. Hmm. I think I, someone's wrong. I think I, I think if that's is. the case, the 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 textbook example is Fight Club that does that well. Where like we know exact we know exactly what didn't didn't happen. Everything makes sense all the way through, and even though we know what was in his head and what wasn't, and, you know, I, I think I think this is a little more a little more loop, fast and loose with those rules. If that's the interpretation and. I, it, I it's the, it's a fine for debating. It's interesting to watch, but I think the movie yeah. as a structural piece that you're trying to tell a story is worse off for it. If you're going to do that, that's why I like Mother. Mother Mother's pure fable. All the characters are are like things for things. There's no nothing really happening in Mother. It's not a real world. It's it's a it's this completely 100% fantasy fantasy world. So, this is Yeah, but that is that is an easier that's an easier sandbox to play in. When you're dealing with something like this which is an actual world that are, there are people who, you know, live in this type of world and others like us who've only seen glimpses into it, uh you have to be a lot more careful because you can't go like super duper insane on it because these things really exist well so when you have a, all right well a, i think requiem's also requiem for dreams also also uh better than this one and that does the same kind of thing as this one where it's 
it has fan a lot of fantasy stuff in it. But I can always tell what's re really happening and the story moves to a conclusion together, kind of like a Fight Club one. I this is too, this is too it's it, it, it this is uh, having it both ways and leaning too heavy into the fantasy at at the expense of the story rather than supporting the story. Anyway, uh, we're we're, mm. we're starting to run a little bit. Nicole, do you have any uh, <laughs> any other uh, parts you wanted to point out? No, not not particularly. I think that um, you know, just us having this discussion about it kind of just falls into the next chapter of the of the movie. Like, if they were to make a part two or something or a pre prelude to it, like, would it be watching the mom die or something like that? I don't know. So, um. You know, a couple other characters mm. we didn't really discuss in here, but I don't think that they're the main focus, and I don't think that it needs to be brought up to, to muddy it anymore. Yeah, we can talk about Bucky Barnes being in this movie. I have oh, no idea yeah, I'm Sebastian Stan was in this movie. Didn't bring that up earlier. Yeah, Sebastian Stan I was like, makes one tiny appearance as one of Tom or Jerry. I don't remember. He's one of the guys in the club, but oh, I didn't even. Well, know. he had a totally different name. It was Jerry, but he wasn't really Jerry. He was Andrew. So um, yeah, I had no idea. I was just like, oh, this is kind of a little lanyap. This is a little treat for me. So mm. thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> glad you had us revisit this because I did that. There's definitely stuff I didn't remember. I do like it more than I remember it. It's still probably my least favorite of the five movies i've seen of his though because i think the all the others achieve what they're going for better and there's I, this is still i still really like this but I, I i love the other four in comparison so well don't watch noah then because noah is like you've seen noah uh i have cinematic disappointment i mean 100 i haven't seen noah or the fountain you're, which are the two that people don't your, like your dad really likes noah i, I want to see both i i i've not disliked anything he's made the fountain apparently is the one he likes the most and that's everyone's least favorite, oh. which is such an artist thing to do. So it has to be uber self-indulgent. Uh, I mean, right? that that might push it over to me. I might like that, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'll, no, I'll, I'll report he back. Like that. Uh, okay, any other closing thoughts? I just wanted to talk a little bit about Natalie Portman because um, after this, so she wins an Oscar for this movie, right? And then after that, what has happened? I mean, she did some Thor stuff, so she's part of the MCU. That's great. But, I mean really nothing so i think most people take oscar winning and use it as a jumping off board to really make some different choices or make some really great things happen in their career and she um, for all intents and purposes disappeared you didn't you uh, haven't seen some small things you didn't see vox lux um, annihilation no, come no, on neither, annihilation okay annihilate yeah but uh yeah, the greatest I movies. didn't really liked her anyway. So. Yeah, neither of you did, and, and this, you're I, wrong because she's great. No, I've I've no, defended no. her forever. No, so listen, People attack she her all the time. Star Wars, right? Yeah, and she's yeah, good in badly. one of those. So no, yes, yeah, she is. She's good in the second one. No, no. See, the thing is, is I was when you said Black Swan, I was like, oh, good. I finally get to do a rewatch of a Natalie Portman movie that I like her performance in. And then as as soon as this movie started, I was five minutes in, and I was like. This is going to irritate the shit out of me because she's got that Natalie <laughs> yeah, Portman voice. That's voice. and it's yeah, and I'm not really sure that I believe her character now because now I can't separate her from every other little squeaky voice character that she's ever done. So who's that actress uh, that you kind of say that about that me. all the time? Uh, Lily something, uh, Nicole. I can't remember. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. She's the daughter. No, of it's 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Collins? No, no, Tyler. No, no, no. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Oh, Liv yeah, Tyler. Yeah, she always does this little squeaky. She's in thing. that category. Yeah. Well, Liv Tyler's not good. She, yeah. Uh, Portman's much better. Than but she's not considered, Chris. like, she's, I mean, Natalie Portman is considered a serious actress and probably an A-list. Because she's person. good. <laughs> I don't know what you're fucking talking about. She's a good no. actress. No. <laughs> oh, no. God. Brennan, I wish you could, like. I've heard you know, this before. You're all, you're just all wrong. I don't I know, know what to tell you, but I know. I don't but I've got a Meryl Streep issue too. So I mean I, I get yeah, it. I own it. I own it. That's the stupidest thing ever. It's not that they're bad. They are just one note as hell. Oh, so no. I cannot I cannot You'll watch Vox um, Lux. Good movie. Anyway. Well, it's an okay movie, but she's really good in it. She's the lead. She's Vox Lux. Yeah. I'm just like there's a reason why nothing happened after I mean no no one's seen that movie, by the way, Brennan. So you've seen it. Yeah, no one it, watched Annihilation either, but it's incredible. So it. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just saying. But there hasn't been any like she hasn't did, done any like big, big thing and it hasn't become no. a thing. And maybe that's by design. I don't know. That's okay. People if they wanna do that, that's fine. But it just no. seems like No? Okay. <laughs> Nicole says no. We are ending the podcast. They're starting to infiltrate. Because they agree with me on the Natalie Portman. No, they don't. They just want food. All right, let's wrap this up here. Uh, Before (laughs) before we go, uh, thank you, Nicole, for speaking this. Before we go, Nicole, if you're still Mm. able to hear, there is one. uh, He has another movie coming out. I know we've liked pretty much all the movies you've seen. It's called The Whale, and I think you'd find the the premise interesting uh, based on the TV you watch. A 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie (laughs) tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. The two grew apart after Charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover, who later died, and Charlie went on to binge eat out of pain and guilt. Sound pretty interesting? Does that that sound like something I wrote? (laughs) Oh, wait. Starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> also, he affectionately calls his daughter Squid, so it's now Squid in the Whale. Oh, oh well, yeah. why did he decide to do this? So, Jaredowski's oh. The Whale coming to a podcast, hopefully sometime soon. They just finished uh, filming a couple months ago, so it's in post production now. Um, Aronofsky, oh, Darren Aronofsky's The I Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. Can't wait! It's gonna be great. It's combining all your favorite things. Mm. <laughs> Sounds amazing. All right. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> if you want to recommend anything to us, Films with the Women of My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, I'm Kay. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, Nicole. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Delesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.